Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. Early picks for Phoenix Xfinity Series. It's early, but the way the schedule works this weekend, because you have practice qualifying and in the race on the same day, you're going to have to lean on early picks. Please make adjustments. I'll talk about my projections in a second. Those are just place setters. And yes, I'll address the elephant in the room. I am wearing a shirt and tie and a suit jacket. For those listening on the audio, you probably can't see it. The reason, I just recorded my NASCAR price check video for DraftKings. I take it very professionally and the you know the views definitely reflect that I should keep taking it professionally. It's working very well. So uh, occasionally you might see me dressed up because yeah, it's working really well. So, anyway, maybe I'll look like I know what I'm talking about. It works on the other side, so maybe I'll start doing it here. Maybe I'll get more views on YouTube. Seems to be working on the DraftKings side if I wear a shirt and tie. It's like, oh, well, that guy knows what he's talking about. Maybe if I stop wearing the wrestling shirts or the basketball shirts on uh, racing shirts on YouTube, maybe I'll get more viewers like, oh, this guy, he's got books behind him and a shirt and jacket. He is an expert. So let's look at Xfinity. Justin Allgaier, we're looking at pricing. Okay, so talk about these projections. These are not my weekend price. You're giving the projections away. Oh, no, oh, no. I'm not giving the projections away, although these might not be too far. I'll just go ahead and pull back the curtain and let you see inside. What I did was just simply take past races and take their maximum amount of hog points. So the most hog points that Justin Allgaier has ever got, not going to go on the hog point rant. If you need to hear that, you don't need to hear that. Fast laps and laps led. So the most fast laps, laps led points he's ever accumulated at a Phoenix race was 42. So I just go ahead and give him 42. That's his max. It's his ceiling. Daniel Hemrick, once upon a time, got 25. Brandon Jones, 19. John Hunter Nemechek, 21. So that's where those numbers are coming from. Noah Gregson's best performance at Phoenix through his career. It's 11 hog points. I will give that to him. Uh, obviously, this is probably going to need to change. The clear answer is going to be, well, Ty Gibbs has never been, well, I guess he ran at this race in the spring of last year, I suppose. I'd have to look, double check that. Yeah, spring of last year. But some of these guys don't have a large sample size to pull from. So uh, I need to have to move myself around sometimes here. Anyway, so that number will change. And the projection here is just their minimum, their best finish at Phoenix. And also I'm taking their best finish from the season, excluding Daytona. Actually, I might even have Daytona in there or whatever. And so that is, that's the projection. Just play center to get us rolling, to get us talking and thinking about picks. Justin Allgaier is the best driver when it comes to Phoenix. Uh, the last year, he wasn't the best driver. Austin Sendrick, I guess the last year and a half, even though if you go back to the 2020 fall race, he was still pretty good in that race. Sendrick was just better. Now that Sendrick is out of the Xfinity series, it's back to Allgaier being the best at Phoenix until we see otherwise. Maybe we'll see something in practice. Maybe we won't, but it's been pretty consistent that Allgaier really likes the race tracks very comfortable this racetrack the stats bear that out the fantasy points bear that out may not have all the finishes that you want but if we were to look at specific races you're gonna see some pretty solid performances Noah Gregson number two I'm a little hesitant to take Noah Gregson at this track because he hasn't been that great I guess he finished second in this fall race but if I remember correctly that championship race he stays out and is just wheeling it like a madman at the end and uh, he's not even part of the championship contenders but he wasn't up there all day uh, he, he tried some similar moves last season. He's not been very good at this racetrack, which is kind of surprising. Well, not surprising. Either way, it hasn't clicked for him yet. Clicked for him at Martinsville last year when he had to win to get into the championship. He thought, well, maybe that's a short flat track. Maybe he'll be good in turns ones and two. Uh, they just did not have the package at all. They were never in contention. Go through the race notes. If you go to racefortheprize.com, 
And you then click on the red button that says Brandon Cruz DFS and you sign up for the Patreon. You support Brandon, you support I. Not only can you see all the spreadsheets, you can see the race notes and you can recap notes from all the Phoenix races from the last what, two years at least. I know I have all the notes from 2021, all the notes from 2020. So you can go through every single race. Saves you the time so you don't have to watch the races again. But I implore you to watch the races. In football, you can't watch every game at every time, but in racing, you can watch every race. And if you can't, and if you won't, then read, please read the race recap notes. You can get those by going to racefortheprize.com. And you'll see in those notes that Gregson wasn't that great. Ty Gibbs, um, I want to go back and look at my Phoenix spring notes again and see how well Gibbs ran at this track. We know that, if I've set up my mind, I'm pretty sure he's won a couple races in the Arca Series. This was very early in his career. He didn't get any practice time. Um, let me move myself here and let's just look at this race and see what was his average running position. Uh, actually, I probably got his lap by lap in here. Phoenix won laps. That'll work. And we'll look at Ty Gibbs. He ran 71 laps inside the top five. That was, let me fix the coloring on that because that's going to bother me if I don't. He ran 71 laps inside the top five. That's 36%. That was good enough for just seventh when we ranked them. Again, that doesn't completely surprise me that much considering he was, I'm going to move myself. Sorry, this is not very professional to be doing this, editing the spreadsheet on the fly while I record a video, but, you know, whatever. There it is. It's fixed. It was bothering me. Was it bothering you? I, I don't know. It's probably bothering you. Anyway, 71 laps inside the top five, 148 laps inside the top 10. That was seventh most. Uh, quick takeaway is that he probably had the seventh best car, and he seemed to have finished much better than where he was. Uh, yeah, last race restart, he jumps from 11th to 3rd on the final restart. Oh, you remember that spring race? Everybody was wrecking. It was crazy. It was chaos. There was carnage. People were just being very disrespectful. They were eating and using each other up. It was a wild finish. Gibbs, not really the best day, but I would expect the way that he is running to run better. And you also have to look at uh, last fall, John Hunter Nemechek was in that 54 car and was a contender. Cindric was the best. Cindric was the fastest. Cindric was very patient. Could have really destroyed the competition in that race, lackadaisical on the last turn at the end of the race, cost him the championship, whatever. That's another story. But anyone that watches the spring race or the fall race again, or even the fall race from 2020, knows without the shadow of a doubt that Austin Cindric had the best car and was amazing at Phoenix. End of story. Not too much of a surprise, though, when you have Brian Wilson setting up the car. Brian Wilson set up a really fast Phoenix race car. The last time he had a good driver back in 2018, I believe, Keselowski won that race. Okay, AJ Allmendinger. Should be good in this track, right? That's the story. Flat track, good for these uh, former road course racers. His numbers were pretty decent in the Cup Series in inferior equipment. So that should translate to him being really good in the Xfinity series that hasn't been the case and that's because a colleague just struggles b colleague struggles in dirty air how many times do I have to say this again you saw it last week AJ Allmendinger in clean air is amazing the colleague cars in dirty air struggle and it takes everything that Daniel Hemrick has to get that car up to the front in dirty air and it's usually once they're pretty spread out and he's able to just battle a car one-on-one and just use his skills to get by colleague cars are good but they're not junior they're not JGR third point the resin has thrown Almendinger for a loop. Almendinger's success in the Cup Series at that flat track, they were always on the bottom. The last couple seasons with the PJ1 and now the resin, the groove has completely shifted. It's taken him some time to adjust. Remember, no practice at Phoenix last year. So all of 
his reps, all of his learning had to happen during the race. Now, it's possible that after two races in Phoenix last season, that A.J. Elmendinger may be ready to compete. You throw in a practice as well. But to me, with the groove moving and him not being as comfortable and the car not being that great, I'm not a huge supporter of A.J. Elmendinger this week. I wasn't a big guy on A.J. Elmendinger last fall. I don't see it changing much. And I just don't. And I think you can throw out any of that cup experience. I think you can almost throw out some of that wealth of flat track and a lot of that flat track stuff, flat track heartbreaking and the rhythm and getting back on throttle. That typically is an advantage for road racers. Not sure that that's the case when they're really running more throttle with the high resin and running that outside groove. That's my theory. Seems to be okay. Josh Berry, I would see, I would think that he could be pretty good at this track. Phoenix in the spring, he was running really well in that race for Junior Motorsports in one of his part-time rides. And if I remember, I don't remember, I'll take a guess. I think it was Santino Ferrucci, pretty sure Santino Ferrucci, Rex Berry while he's running around 10th or 15th. He had a lot of bad luck to start the season. Remember, his luck was running out. And then he get that win at Martinsville, which he was supposed to do, right? Because he had won at Martinsville in the late model races, destroyed the field. The year before he had won in the late model race, he was the best there was. So he goes to Martinsville, and it was really no surprise that he won that race and said, look, I'm here, I'm ready. And then you look at all those early races where he just had bad luck and made mistakes, and, and he definitely deserved a ride at that point. Then he went on and won another race later on in the season and ran well in pretty good races. So he was fine at Phoenix last year. You would think that in turns one and two, the flat bank corners that Barry might have a bit of an advantage, maybe not an advantage, but he'll be able to run those pretty well based on some of his late model experience. Daniel Hemrick, he won here last year, um, but he was never in contention. He was not as fast as the 54 JGR car under John Hunter Nemechek. He was not as fast. There was times where John Hunter Nemechek was deferential and letting by because it was a championship race. But he was nowhere near Austin Cendrick. He did lead some laps because Austin Cendrick was just being patient. And he was like, I don't really need to push myself to get around you. Uh, and that same mentality is what hurt Austin Cendrick on the final lap after all the multiple restarts coming out of turn four. Cendrick is just kind of has the lead. He's going to win the race. He doesn't push it too hard. And Hemrick basically goes Leroy Jenkins into turn four, which he had to do. I mean, if you think about it from Daniel Hemrick's perspective last year, if he doesn't go hard, people will say he's a loser. And if he does go hard and wrecks Cindric and gets the win, then he still is a loser. It was a lose-lose situation, although he still he chose correctly. If you're going to lose and lose, you might as well lose and win. So he drives into Cindric, bounces off Cindric, and that allows him to turn his car, and he wins his first race ever, maybe his only race ever, and a championship. Cindric um, really should have been more defensive and more aggressive. And just lack more lack of less lackadaisical going into that turn four. Watch that race again and see how Cinder comes out of turn four. He's just not pushing it enough. If he pushes it more, now the other scenario is that he's out ahead of Henrik, and Henrik's still Leroy Jenkins into him. And instead of Leroy, instead of Henrik being able to just go side by side and slam into him and use him as a pick to turn. Like uh, we kind of saw Joey Logano do, well, not kind of, we saw Joey Logano do the exact same maneuver at Martinsville in 2019. Um, and win that race against Truex coming out of turn four. If Cindric's a little more aggressive, if Hemrick tries that move, Hemrick goes into Cindric's quarter panel. They probably both wreck, but now they win the race. So either way, Cindric loses. So what Cindric really should have done is pushed it. So at the very least, the guy that wrecks you doesn't win. Hamrick is fine, but he's not a guy I'm circling around thinking it's going to, he could win the race in a late race restart, but I don't expect that this car or he is capable of leading a bunch of laps. Trevor Bain. 
like the car. I saw John Hernimacek get into this car with Chris Gale's crew chief. No, Chris Gale is now with, is with Ty Gibbs. Uh, we saw Trevor Bain get into this car with, um, this is Jason Ratcliffe. Jason Ratcliffe has won a couple races here with Christopher Bell in the Xfinity Series in the past. Setup will probably be good. But, 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 I think it's going to be very difficult for Trevor Bain just to jump in this car and go to Phoenix and run well. Uh, he did have a good Jake race at Fontana. Fontana is not the easiest track, but it is an intermediate track. And this is definitely a rhythm track. We'll see how he goes in practice. If in practice, Trevor Bain really attacks practice, is really aggressive and lays down some good laps, then I definitely am going to be interested in rostering Trevor Bain. If Trevor Bain has track position in stage one, say he starts on the pole, then I'm going to be interested in Trevor Bain. But if Trevor Bain has to pass his way through traffic, these JGR cars have been around fifth place cars. That hasn't changed. Go back, watch the Fontana race. I know that you're like, well, Ty Gibbs won the last race. Go back, watch the race again. If you don't have time, look at the race recap notes. Ty Gibbs was never a contender in that race until you got the late race restarts. I'll say that again because people are going to be hot and heavy on Ty Gibbs despite him not being that great last spring. And yes, John Hunnimichuk was good in the fall race, but it wasn't really like you got to roster the 54 car by any means. But he won last week and he did and it was great. But through the first two races, not I mean, excluding Daytona. If you've been watching, you have not been impressed by the JGR cars. They're not driving through the field. They'll get into the top five, and then they kind of sit there. You know, Daniel Hemrick is beating them in a colored car. The junior motorsports cars are mopping the floor with the JGR cars. They're not bad, but they're not good. Brandon Jones obviously is not going to do anything. Right? And, and then swapping from Truex to Bain and back to Bain, that's not good for any type of continuity. That's not good for development of this car. You're not getting consistent feedback. So you've only got Ty Gibbs. And the truth is, Ty Gibbs hasn't been great. Yes, he won that race, but he has not controlled a race. And if you're going to pay the price and you're looking for one of these, you want control. You want someone who's staying up front consistently. Not seeing that from them. And I'm not really crazy. A 9700 for Trevor Bain, Brandon Jones at 9500 is way too expensive. But I would not, again, be surprised to see Brandon Jones qualify poorly. We've already seen it two times this season where Jones is not used to qualifying. Allgaier is not used to qualifying. And they're going to continue to tie your hand. And they're basically priced at the same points. Allgaier is inflated this week, and rightfully so, because he's good at this racetrack. Jones, still not too expensive. He's going to start 20th. He's going to be a cash play. He did win this race once upon a time. He had a lot, an amazing race car. Stage three, long run, passes Kyle Busch. was awesome. It's been okay since. He's never been able to replicate that performance, but he did win a race. Uh, you know, To say that Jones has been a disappointment has let us down plenty of times, that definitely is the case. But if he's starting in the back, I have no problem rostering him. Do I expect him to go back to this race in 2020 where he was super fast? No, I don't. John Hunter, check for Sam Hunt. Sam Hunt, uh, why am I not getting any results for him here? I have to figure out why that is. I can take a guess. Um, he's looked fine to start the season out. $9,200, probably just too much for a Sam Hunt card. I mean, he has to lead laps or be a hog and finish top three. Top three is a stretch for a Sam Hunt car. It's a good top 10 car, but that's a stretch. I don't see him in this car controlling the race over a junior JGR car. I just don't see how he get there unless he has a poor qualifying effort. Same thing for Landon Castle. His car's a little bit better, 
but he's in the same situation. He's priced up. He's not going to lead laps. He's not going to run fast laps. If he wins 8,900, maybe if he gets like seven place differential points, he works in there. But the probability of him winning, it's just, it seems way too out there. And, I, and most people will pick up on it. Looks good. Scratch out Landon Castle's name and just write Justin Haley, and it's the same play that we ran into every time last season. Justin Haley was always priced around here. Justin Haley was in a colored car, and he just couldn't score fantasy points. He would have solid performances every week. He would put together a good season. Uh, He would win at the play tracks, but he was very irrelevant in fantasy based on his price. If Castle were $900 cheaper, we could have a conversation. If Haley were cheaper most of the time, we could have a conversation. But he's not... There. He has not done, and Haley did not do things that we saw Almendinger pull off. And there were only specific weeks where he really were considering Almendinger. And Hemrick seems to be kind of on another level, aggressive wise. And I'm not even crazy about rostering Daniel Hemrick. So all the colored cars, really tough to think about in fantasy. And it's easy to scratch that one off. Sam Mayer, like Mayer, he's inching closer every single week. He's raced here before, finished 13th at Phoenix last year. Won a few times he didn't wreck in that car. We know these junior motorsports cars arguably are 1, 2, 3, and 4. I have no problem rostering Sam Mayer. 8,700. I like him much more than the castle. Don't love it. Got to see where he qualifies. Sheldon Creed. Won a championship race here a couple years ago, but he had the advantage of fresh tires and Brett Moffat was on old tires. So take that with a grain of salt. Either way, he does have experience at this racetrack. The RCR cars look pretty good. Uh, him and Austin Hill both look pretty good. I have no problem rostering either one of them. Um, if I had to choose, I will look at practice and see who seems to be more comfortable. Maybe see their interviews, see who seems to be more comfortable. Also, place differential will be the big determining factor. I don't expect either to run fast laps or run left lead. Both can probably finish around the same spot. What will be the difference for me? And even Sheldon Creek got a 10th place finish. I believe that was a BJ car, but it wasn't technically a BJ car. It was a pretty nice Xfinity ride. So either way, he does have Xfinity experience. I would probably give the edge to Creed. I like Creed in GPPs anyway. Creed is always the GPP guy. He's so aggressive. I know that Austin Hill had a better race in the last race, although he didn't get the finish, but Austin Hill is not getting these finishes. That's not a good trend. Oh, it's just you know bad luck. Sure. Or he's not finishing these races. I mean, that's not good. Yes, he won at Daytona, but then 27th and 32nd. Well, he just was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He put himself in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's running into these situations. Well, what? I mean, think about it. Well, it's going to change. Why would it? Well, because it has to. Why, why can't it just keep wrecking? Well, because in the past it didn't wreck every single time. It's true. Maybe at some point he'll stop wrecking. But that doesn't mean all of a sudden he's going to stop wrecking and start winning races. I just, I've always been more, I've always leaned more towards Creed because if anyone's going to get a couple fast laps here or there and really push it, it's Creed that works in GVPs. I don't know, especially with Austin Hill wrecking so many cars right now, probably not going to be as aggressive, probably not going to push it as hard. That might be the difference in winning the GPP and losing. He might be better in a cash play. I mean, he is cheaper. Assuming they start in the same position around the same position, Hill cheaper, probably better in cash, probably going to be heavier owned. Creed at a higher price might draw a little bit less ownership. I don't know for sure, but I think he's going to continue to be aggressive and checkers are record style, whereas Austin Hill is going to lay up this week. This is my take. Could be completely off on that. Anthony Alfredo has finished, has run pretty well, 
for this car not having much speed. I mean, the easiest thing to look at, Alfredo, and it's going to be a no for me. It's going to continue to be a no for me, and I don't care if I'm wrong. I mean, you really were only wrong at Fontana. But at Fontana, he finishes fifth. His driver rating rank, which would take his driver rating from all the drivers, and then we just, to make it easy to comprehend, we just rank them with an integer. You have the highest rating at 125.27. All right, you're number one. You have the highest rating at second best at 93 point. Okay, you're second. And so we just rank them. And so if we rank them based on the driver rating, which is, you, you can go into that. He was just 18th. Last week at Las Vegas, 22nd. He's an 18th or 22nd place driver. I'm not spending 776 for that. Jeb Burton, same thing. But if Jeb Burton continues to stay in the back, I'm fine with that. And, I mean, this is interesting. Look, here are the three-hour cars. They're all priced the same. Uh, talent-wise, I would say Brett Moffitt, Jeb Burton, Anthony Alfredo. And that's without hesitation. But you look at these cars, they're all 15th place cars. Which is disappointing because when Brett Moffitt first started, it looked like, oh, these are going to be 10th place cars and maybe they'll start moving forward. But as hours started to expand, you saw Brett Moffitt sink down. And so you've got three 15th place cars, which I guess is fine if that's what you're trying to do. But for fantasy, I'm not excited about rostering a mid $7,000 driver that is a 15th place driver. Now, things can work out. They can be wrecks and you go from 15th to 7th. But that same boost can happen to these guys in the 6,000s. Same guys that are cheaper. Brandon Brown, 7,200. Been decent at Phoenix. I think he had mechanical or either got into a wreck here in the fall race. I'd have to go back and look at the notes. Um, last week, what event happened to him? I can't remember. Got to go back through my notes, but he, you know what his car is. 15th, 10th to 15th place car. Ryan Sieg is typically a little bit on the other side of the top 10. Hasn't been that great at Phoenix. Good the first two weeks. Last week, he had the whole uh, Ty Gibbs situation. He needs to probably dial it down. I understand that Ty Gibbs made a stupid move, but what you didn't need to do was go iRacing style and limp out. iRacing slash Austin Wayne self-style. Limp out a wrecked car and then try to wreck Ty Gibbs. That is, like, that's uncalled for in a video game. That is dangerous in real life. Can't believe that uh, Ryan Sieg did that. And that might affect his ownership. Maybe people are like, oh, this guy's a clown. I don't want to roster him. I could see that. And if that's the case, then I'll go right back to Ryan Sieg. Maybe a lot of people got burned by Ryan Sieg. I believe his ownership was pretty high. So if he got burned and people think he's a clown because of that move, that might depress his ownership. If that's the case, then I will be really interested. $7,000. We know the car is fast. I would love to have seen his record be better. What I need to do, though, if I have time, is go back. Or you should do this if I don't. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be in a video. Look at these two Phoenix races and see what specifically caused him to finish poorly. Probably still going to need better than a 10th place finish at 7,000, depending on where he starts, but we'll see. Jeremy Clements, uh, kind of a little bit a tier below, just a, just a step behind Brown and Sieg, and he's a little bit cheaper. I could consider it if he's playing slow and steady and safe. I mean, he has been a little bit more consistent with his finishes than has Brown and Sieg. You got to kind of see what the sentiment is. If Sieg is really going to be loathed this week, then I really like it because these Ryan Sieg racing cars, Ryan Shane Sieg racing cars, whatever it is, have been really fast. This car has been better than these two cars. Uh, as far as track history, there's not too much difference here. I would probably lean towards Sieg, but I think ultimately what's going to be the differentiating factor, the deciding factor, will be their starting position. Let's just be real. Uh, practice sure will help. 
But if you are down to these three guys, which you probably will be, they're going to fit into your builds. They might be the last guy you slot in. It's going to be who starts the last furthest back. So if you want to get on the other side and leverage a place differential, then you're going to want to start whoever is starting closest to the front. Kyle Sieg, price is going up. Kyle Sieg is, hasn't been great. Driver rating of 25 and 23rd, but 18th and 16th. He's finishing the races. Have you been watching these Xfinity series? I told you last week, it's in my article if you don't believe me, I talked about in the video, Joey Gase, Joey Gase, Joey Gase. Where is Gase at this week? Uh, where's he at price-wise? Is he not even in his car? Did he hand his car off this week? I think he might have handed his car off this week. No Gase this week. That's unfortunate. Instead, you'll have... Uh, Sorry, uh, Jeff Earnhardt's going to be in the car. Joey Gase, but so we don't have Joey Gase. That's fine. But we have that archetype, maybe possibly, in Kyle Sieg. Kyle Sieg, this is his team. This is his parents' car. He's going to take care of it, right? Your parents let you borrow the car. You're not going to go out there and crush a six-pack and drive over grocery carts in the grocery store parking lot. Although I have family members, I won't name them. That was often how they would spend their weekends is taking the family car and ramping grocery carts after a couple cases of bush light. I guess the statute of limitations have probably run out. The grocery store is no longer in business. He's already done his fair share of time. So whatever. Kyle Sieg ain't doing that. Kyle Sieg is taking care of the car. He's being safe. And in a race where too many people are racing, there's too many incentives for people to make a name for themselves. And they're doing stupid stuff. And we got tons of Xfinity drivers wrecking. So why not take Kyle Sieg? Maybe he's a little too expensive. It's going to scare people away. But the play is still the same. He's still playing it safe. Very safe. So I'm interested in that. JJ Yaley, I just don't believe in these car long cars, although he's getting the finishes. He's playing it safe as well. Uh, maybe you slot him into that category too. Kaz Grala, these cars have gotten better. I need to fix and see what's going on with that. Why Kaz's data is not. I, I know why it's not. I'll fix it. And, uh, the, the Tommy Joe Martin's cars. Getting a little bit better. I'm fine with that. Ryan Ellis had a really good finish last week. Finished 13th in the Tommy Joe Martin's car. And remember, uh, Fontana, that car that Ryan Ellis was in, had RPM issues. It scared me away. I wasn't going to roster him. Tommy Joe Martin's couldn't get above 7,000 RPM in that race. No, nope, not for me. Well, then they fix it, and Ryan Ellis goes out there and has a great race at Las Vegas. Uh, they're always going to be concerned with Tommy Joe Martin's cars. But right now where we stand, I am interested, especially Kaz Grawl 6,400. That's very affordable. Jeffrey Earnhardt, I, I probably won't go there. The Gase car is not fast by any means. It was just a, it's an attrition play. Gase was just protecting it, playing it safe while everyone was wrecking out. I don't think Earnhardt's going to go the same way. I don't know if we're going to have wreck outs the same way. I'm not going to go that route. Alex Abay at $6,000 is really cheap. I will think about it. His price has plummeted. He's still a talented driver, former cast car or Pinty's champion. And if they've got funding and decent cars at Gosselin again, then I will think about it. 18th at Las Vegas. Not bad. Josh Williams, BJ McLeod. This has been a rough year for them. I'm not interested. Sanchez. I got to see who Sanchez is with. I don't have the team offhand. Is it JD Motorsports, I'm guessing? I'm not sure. Is it Harmon? I'm not sure. Got to figure that out so I can't speak to Sanchez. Graf is a no. He's a disaster. Parker Retzloff. Don't know anything about him. Got to do some research, but I do know that the Ryan C car has been fast. He's going to be a pun I like. Uh, Johnny Davis's Ronnie Vargas. Ronnie Vargas. Ryan Vargas. If he's going to wreck again, probably not. Um, he just seems to wreck and cry too much. That's fine. It's okay to cry, but maybe don't post it on social media. Maybe don't do it on your interviews. It's okay to be emotional. It's okay to express yourself, but 
it's kind of weird when you're doing it out in front of people and showing it to people. Um, I guess that is expressing yourself, but uh, I don't know. Makes it hard to roster him. I don't have a lot. Doesn't instill confidence in Ryan Vargas. Let me just say that. Jay Buford at 5,300. Yes, I like that a lot. He is in a top 20 race car. He's shown speed. Uh, what, he finished 12th at Daytona. That doesn't really help me. Uh, 20th at Phoenix a couple years ago. I like that. That's underpriced. Weatherman, if he can get some luck, will be fine. Parsons is just tearing up cars. I can't get on that. I We said at the beginning of the season, hey, these BJ McClough cars, they used to be junior motorsports cars. Well, probably not now because they have wrecked a car. All three drivers every single week. The BJ McLeod cars have wrecked every single week. They've tore up all their cars. It has not ended. Can't roster them. Not interested. Mason Massey for Goslin. Uh, this is the third Goslin car. Tends to bring up the back. And I believe Massey has been wrecking as well. David Starr in the SS Greenlight car. Didn't qualify last week. Worries me. Now they've got Jeff whatever slapped on here. I don't know about this car. This is clearly not the uh, Cole Custer car. we got to wait and see. Brendan Poole, no way you roster that car. Not rostering the Josh Rahm car. And Lori Hesman just doesn't have the practice. You know not the roster. Jesse Wuji, you know not the roster. Stan Mills. Thank you for joining me. Please go to racefortheprize.com and then click on the link to patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. Please subscribe. Support the channel. Support the videos. Check out the spreadsheet. Check out the notes. Thank you so much. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be the most viewed fantasy NASCAR analyst. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be a top-selling Amazon author. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be a top-selling Amazon author. Thank you. Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. Subscribe, share, like. Raceforthepride.com. Let's trip the lights. Fantastic. Have a wonderful weekend.